Well, I'm going to show you a video here. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little clip here, and then we're going to talk about it, but uh, we're just going to kick it off with this. So here we go. The first of two methods of yoking that I'm going to demonstrate to you, make sure that your cattle are tied a reasonable distance apart, about the same distance that the neck pieces are on this yoke. Pull your pin and spacer. Slide your bow down over. Repeat that with a nylon. Put your equipment in your pocket. Keep it handy so you don't have to bend down to the ground to pick it up. through, pin it, slide your bow up through, space from pin, complete. The next method I'd like to show is a method that I prefer as the cattle certainly get bigger. This equipment here right now presently weighs about 80 pounds and these cattle weigh somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,500 pounds each. Well, they're gonna weigh well over a ton, be much taller, and this equipment's gonna weigh well over 100 pounds someday. So I'd wanna be able to yoke them by the easiest method possible. I will do that by passing the yoke underneath the off one's neck, pulling his head down. Careful not to get his ear stuck in there. He wouldn't appreciate that. Pin. Pull your pin your spacer. Again, put your equipment in your pocket where it's handy. Up step. Down over. Always have your hole and your pin on the inside. Run your bow into your hole. Always pin from your centers. Run your spacer down over. And your pin. Run your pins from back to front. And the reason that we do that is if this pair of cattle ever got in trouble and got caught in a brush pile or up against a tree with a load, got a pole pushing up against them, might force the head down. You want the option to be able to get at it, get at that with no obstruction to pull that pin and free him and maybe uh, keep him from great injury or harm. Right now, if he was up against a, a tree with this yoke, he was pinning and choking him, I could pull this, put my foot right inside the bow, push down, and he's free from it. Pretty interesting, isn't it? It's just interesting to watch that. And, you know, we, we, uh, we referenced this scripture last week. And, uh, um, in fact, let me, just, uh, let me just bring this up. But there's some interesting things that you notice as he's sharing one of them is, did you notice that he was saying that yoke was 80 pounds? 80 pounds, and he was saying that those, uh, those particular cattle were about 1,500 pounds, and when they're full grown, they're gonna weigh about 2,000 pounds, and then the yoke will be about 100 pounds. And um, good night. But you're just looking at the solid construction, and I, and I, liked, 
I liked a couple things that he said as well, is that he, I liked the care that he was bringing in to, if these guys got into trouble, that he's saying, he's setting it up in such a way that, the, that they wouldn't get hurt if, you know, they got, if they got bound up in, a, in some brushwood or what have you, that he could get in and immediately get them out of that yoke. And so most of us have heard the scripture, we're familiar with the scripture that Jesus gives us. In fact, here in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, I've got it here in the, uh, in the message, which is a very cool paraphrase. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to make a real rest, or how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I really like that. It's a paraphrase of this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now we're familiar with that scripture, but we're not an agrarian society anymore, so most of us don't yoke up our oxen and ride our wagon into town anymore. So when we hear about that, we're just sort of like, oh, that, that's cool, you know, my, my yoke is easy. Jesus likes his eggs over easy. I can dig that, I like my, my eggs over easy as well, or whatever mental picture that we get. But the truth is, Jesus was being very specific in this scripture that he was saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there's some specific things about that yoke that I want to talk to you about today. Because it is actually a yoke. <laughs> and not the runny kind in your egg. Not just a great metaphor, but a reality of what God has called us to. And there's some specific parts about this as a lifestyle that we as followers of Christ must embrace if we are indeed choosing to be followers of Christ. So that's what we're going to talk about today. If, if Christ Center is, is your home, and I certainly hope it is, if you're here for the first time, I'm Pastor Joshua, welcome to Christ Center. We're so glad you're here. If this is your home and you missed last week's message, please listen to the podcast. It's a very important step in what we're doing. We're in a series right now called Rhythms of Discipleship. And I, I took that I took that title actually from the message where he says, I will teach you the unhurried rhythms of my grace. Well, we want to learn those, those unforced rhythms of his grace. We want to walk in the rhythms that Jesus walks in. So we want to be disciples of Christ because that's what we're called to be. So I do want you to go back and listen to that message if you've, if you've missed it because it really is the foundation for then being a disciple. And I'll leave that to you to go and discover it um, and, and hear that. But this is the second part now. If indeed our life belongs to the Lord, then I must learn what it is that the Lord desires and requires of me. And Jesus invites us then to say, listen, you that are, that are weary and heavy laden, I want you to come unto me and I'm going to give you rest. And then he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now there's a clue for us right there that he's not just saying, hey, come unto me and for the first time ever, you'll have a yoke. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is you're already in a yoke. You're already yoked to something. You're already doing things a certain way and you're already guided in a certain way by others. In fact, the truth is, until we come into salvation, Jesus has said, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. 
And he says this also, the God of this age, meaning the enemy, has blinded the eyes of those who do not yet believe, lest they should believe. So until we come into contact with the love of Jesus Christ through the gospel, we are not only yoked to something, we're yoked to death, we're yoked to lawlessness, we're yoked to the enemy's plans, we're yoked to the philosophies of this day and age. And it is a very stinky, ill-fitting, horrible yoke, and the burden is very, very heavy because it has no ability to give us actual joy and abundant life. It's a heavy yoke. In fact, the Bible in another place says it's called the yoke of slavery. When you read the story or if you've heard the story about when the Jews were in Egypt, Egypt represented the, the laws of this world, which are sin and death. We were in slavery to sin and death. It was a yoke of bondage, and Egypt represented that. And when God came in and rescued the Jews from Egypt, what he was doing was he saying, I'm taking the yoke of slavery off of you, and I'm bringing you into the promised land. And the promised land was speaking of whom we are and who we find in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've been born again now, and we're taking on a new yoke. But it's important that you catch this. It's a new yoke. It's a different yoke, but it's a yoke. Now, every one of us, when we begin to think about this then, we begin to realize, I am yoked to something right now. What is my yoke? You see, Jesus is speaking to the Jews in this particular context. And they've been yoked with legalism. They've been yoked with a pharisaical code where the, the Pharisees had actually added an extra 600 laws to fulfill the already existing law. So they're like, we just want to make sure that you're so far from ever going over that line that we gave you 600 other lines so that you'll never even get close. And the, what it really came down to was self-righteousness. And I think probably everybody in this room has dabbled in some self-righteousness now and then, right? You're like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than you. You know, that kind of thing, right? So, <laughs> I mean, not you, but you're, you're actually better than me, but it was a good example, wasn't it? So here's the point, though. There's this self-righteous yoke, but it crushes us, doesn't it? Because we make rules, and we can't even keep our own rules. So that's a yoke of bondage. And Jesus goes, yeah, you know, you can run in that for a little while, but I'm telling you, when you get weary and heavy laden, come see me, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That looks like a horrible yoke. It's a horrible yoke and it's not easy and it's not light. Well, there's a different yoke. There's another yoke and that's a yoke of lawlessness. The yoke of lawlessness. You know, Jesus has some scary things to say about lawlessness actually. He says, in the last days then, we're gonna stand before God and we're gonna answer for how we lived this life. We've all been given a certain amount of time on this earth. We've all been given a life to live and a death to die. We're all going to die one time. We're all going to hopefully live twice. Right? Come on. But when we die, that one time, we will stand before the Lord and answer to him for how we spent this life. Did we believe in Christ and become yoked to him? Or, and he says this, I will say to those, the sheep, I will say to them, come, enter into your father's joy. Well done, good and faithful servant. And I'll say to the ones on the left, the goats, he calls them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Lawlessness. What? Lawlessness. Here in America, we call it freedom. 
I just do what I do as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. And I'm not going to dig too deep to figure out what that might mean. It's called lawlessness. And Jesus says if we practice it in this life, we actually are not his followers. That is an intense word, Jesus. But I can't apologize for the words of Jesus. The point that I'm making is that some of us are yoked to lawlessness. We're yoked to the idea that we can just adopt the the philosophies and the rules and the way things happen in this world and slap a little Jesus card. I got my golden ticket to see Jesus. I'm going to heaven land when I'm done. But in the meantime, I'm going to live like I live. No, you are not a follower of Christ yet. You are a hedonistic believer in the idea of salvation. You heard about Jesus. You just don't know him yet. The good news is you start knowing him today. I got a scripture for you. As long as it is today, do not harden your hearts. Right? It's a good word. It's a good word. It's a good word, right, Red? Okay, Red says it's a good word. Hallelujah. Are you guys with me? All right, so some of our expectations of following Christ may be that we aren't yoked or burdened at all, that we, that we cast off all things and we're now free to live as we see fit, to go where we choose and live as we choose. This is just simply not found in Christ's words anywhere. Like, if you believe that, I just need you to know you made that up. If you believe that you pray to prayer, Jesus came in your heart, and now you just do what you do. You did not learn that from Jesus. And you won't find it in the scripture, and you will not find it in the history of those who have followed Christ since Christ ascended. That is something that is new, that you made up. Or you're following the vain traditions of man, because how many of you know we make some mistakes now and then, right? Right? But the good news is, as long as it is today, do not harden your heart. We can course correct. I love 1 John. Little ones, do not sin. But if you do sin, there's an advocate with the Father. And if you confess your sins, he will forgive you. Woo! Isn't that good news? So today, if you're getting busted, the good news is today's a great day to change your mind. I want to give a little secret to you here, guys. And this has been really helpful to me. I have found that when I believe something... And then I find out that Jesus doesn't believe it, then I should change my mind. I just want to encourage you to do the same thing. When you find out that the stuff you believe, Jesus doesn't believe, it may be a good time to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? All right. Here we go. Okay. So Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon us and carry the burden that he has chosen and directed us to carry. That yoke and that burden are a real yoke and they are a real burden. Let me show you a couple of scriptures here and we'll talk a little bit more about that, okay? I love this. This is in Jeremiah. God is speaking to Israel with it. But, so it was first to Israel in a specific time, but prophetically it is, it is to us every single day of our life. And it's this. Thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths. Say old treasures. Say it again like, like you just can't wait to get them old treasures. Right? How many of you love those shows when they like discover gold at the bottom of the ocean you know it's like those gold doubloons I like I get so happy whenever I see it I'm just like ah 
Like how cool would it be to be like snorkeling around and you see something shiny and you find a treasure chest full of gold treasures? I mean, does anybody else resonate with this? Like, please raise your hand. I need a witness up in here. Yes, right? It's so exciting. It really is like the little kid in you that's like, ah. We used to play a game when I was a kid, my sister and I, and we would like go and dig holes because we're like, we're going to find treasure. You know, digging at the house. Going to find treasure. That still exists in me. I want to find treasure. I want to find treasure. Well, the scripture here says, stand by the way and see and ask for the ancient paths. There's a scripture for this, and it says this, a wise man, the kingdom of heaven is like a wise man who goes in and he takes out treasures, new and old. You see, there are ancient paths that God has given us from the beginning of time that people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Joshua and Jesus himself did that we are to follow in order to prosper and live in the way that God has asked us to live. Those are treasures old. You don't throw that stuff away. That's a treasure. But you embrace also the new things that Christ has given us in this day and age. There's a new yoke, but you don't throw out that that old stuff. Are you with me? And I want you to discover some things in these next weeks with me. Let's discover some of those ancient treasures, those ancient ways. Amen? All right. Where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest in your souls. What does that sound like? That sounds like Jesus. Come to me, you that are heavy laden and weary and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Come on, that is seamless, isn't it? It's almost like the same person inspired it. Now listen to this, Philippians. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Let me just stop right there for a minute. I want to unpack this for you, okay? Jesus Christ being God, in order to redeem us, who were deceived by the enemy and tricked into sin and then being destroyed by death, okay? This was a bad day. This was a bad day. And God loving us, because I'm going to redeem all of mankind. I'm going to defeat the enemy and his wickedness and his deception. And I'm going to loose all these, all of mankind that have been brought into captivity because of the sins of Adam and Eve. Are you with me? I'm going to rescue them from that naughty, evil enemy of mine. However, as I do it, Jesus getting ready to do this, being God, his very nature is God, is born as a human person. You know, and us-like. Here's what's interesting about this. Think about this for a minute, and you're going to love this when I come back, all right? I'm going to put this together, and you're going to go, that is helpful, and it will be. He's God. He becomes just like us. No super God powers. That's what this says. He didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, he came to live the life that we couldn't live. To die the death that he should not have died, but that we are condemned to die because of sin in the world. And he came, and in order for it to be actually just, 
and right. Otherwise, the enemy could say, God, you just changed the rules. That's what you do. You're a cheater. You say you're good and righteous, but then you just change the rules and cheat so you can get whatever you want. So really, you're like me. Well, God's like, I ain't nothing like you. And I'm gonna do this motivated by love, fully just, fully merciful, and not cheat. Are you guys with, are you, are you hearing this? Are you seeing this? So then Jesus comes and he doesn't cheat. He doesn't come down like Superman, like I look like a man, but actually, you know, no. He's actually a man. He doesn't have a juicier brain than you. He doesn't have a better heart than you. He's not smarter than you. He can't remember things better than you. He's a man. He's a human person. Now, if he had come as a woman, we could accuse him of using superpowers. Come on, that was awesome. High five, Josh. Nice job, buddy. All right. Are you guys hearing this? He didn't use his God nature. He left his nature with the Father and was born as a human person. Do you believe me? Okay, because this is huge. This is huge for us as followers of Christ. Absolutely so necessary in order for us to have any faith to have transformation in this life to be like Christ. If you don't believe this, if you don't believe that God came, Jesus, took off of his godhood and just came as a regular folk like you, you actually don't have hope yet. Because you believe that you need some kind of superpowers in order to do what Jesus did. But if you understand that Jesus was 100% human person, no God powers, then there's hope for us. Let's continue. So he says this. He didn't use his godness to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And this scripture goes on. You could go check my work. In the, ne in the preceding next verses, it says this, obeying even unto death on a cross. Even un I'm sorry, even unto death on a cross. The, the worst, the worst kind of death. Now, this is really, really important because Jesus is the person whom we're learning from. So he came and lived a life just like us, and he died a death one time just like we will. Unless he decides to come real soon, and maybe we might get to skip that, and we'll just go straight to our new bodies, which would be all right. All right, but here's the thing. Here's the thing I want you to catch. Jesus became a servant just like us. Jesus died a death just like us us and Jesus did it well therefore we can too and he gave his life up by the way we die when we're all tired our gaskets ain't working like they used to things are creaking and inflammating and got to pee like nine times in the night I'm just talking about me but so after a while you're like man I just ready just ready to get that new body right okay here's the thing Jesus was in his prime. He had it, he's doing lunches in the morning, push-ups, clapping. <laughs> Everybody's offering him promotions. Hey, Jesus, we want to make you king of the world. Even his enemy shows up and goes, I'll give you the whole earth. He's at the top of his game. He's at the pinnacle of his career. 
And in that moment is when Jesus gave his life for us. With no God powers. You get this, right? All right? So those of us that are in the middle of a, but Lord, I don't know if I want to follow you right now. I mean, I'm in the middle of a pretty good career, Lord. I'm making some sweet money. I've been working a long time to get here. I got connections, Jesus. I'm just getting settled into this city. This is where I belong. I don't want to say these things. I might get a bad reputation with the people in this world. I mean, they, they don't understand you, Jesus. So I don't, I don't know about this whole yokey thing. Why don't I just play it cool? I'll just tithe more or something, Jesus. He's like, no, I gave my life up in its prime. So when I call you to do something, come and do it. Now here, I laid this whole thing out for you for a very important reason. First of all, Jesus, when he came, what was he? He was a man. And you can say it like this. I want you to say it like this because I think sometimes we say that, but we don't know we really believe it. So I want you to say Jesus was a human person. Yeah, because it runs it through a different part of your brain. You're like, I don't even talk like that. That just sounds kind of plain. Yeah, because he was super plain. It says he wasn't even good looking. I tell him that. I'm like, Jesus, I'm probably better looking than you were. <laughs> Jesus thinks I'm funny. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay, here's the deal. Jesus comes as a human person, shows us what obedience looks like, lives a life that is absolutely pleasing to the Father, and then dies a perfect death on our behalf, and then says, you go and do likewise. Now, we don't go to the cross for the sins of the world because Jesus did that. No one is ever going to do that again. However, we live as living sacrifices. Romans says, uh, actually, here, let me just grab it. Do, do. Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So let me pull this all together with this yoke. What is up with this yoke? Well, first of all, you saw that yoke, right? Here's what's interesting about that yoke. First of all, did you notice that when he grabbed that that, that, that cow, bull, whatever it was, I don't know, had horns, that it had to turn its head to get that thing on, and then boom, you're in it. And then did you see how it just like walked off and just went and did something? Yeah, I didn't see that either. Why? Because it was yoked to the other bull. Interesting. Now here's the thing I want you to catch. Jesus came as a human person. He came as a man, and he showed us how to live. And then he says this, take this yoke upon you. No, he didn't. He said, take my yoke upon you. See, Jesus is the other ox. You are yoked to Christ. So when we become yoked to Christ, when we become followers of Christ, when we are born again, our life is no longer our own. We have a purpose now to be like Christ, and it is only possible to live a transformed life doing the things that Jesus came to do if we're actually yoked to Jesus. 
I want to show you a couple more scriptures here. Jesus speaking says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Look at that scripture for a minute. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. It sounds very similar to the other language when he says, Take my yoke upon me, upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me, you that are heavy laden and weary, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, and I will teach you how to live as I live. And, you will, and, and I will do that by you actually being yoked to me. But there will be a yoke, and there will be a burden. And that yoke and that burden is the purpose for which Christ was sent. I love this. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Now guys, this, this, this concept is huge, and we're going to spend a lot of time on it, so I'm not going to belear the point. But I want you to understand something, that the yoke of Christ is what you do, it's not what you know about. Blessed are you if you do these things, not blessed are you if you pray to prayer about them at some point in your life, you're hanging around with your golden ticket, doing whatever you want, you're not yoked to Christ. It's not condemnation. It's just that if you're seeing, if you have a life, if you have a life where you're not seeing transformation yet, the good news is, this is fantastic news, guys, the good news is you don't yet know the unforced rhythms of his grace because you are not yet yoked to him. And what you can do is bow your beautiful head and put it into the yoke next to Christ and start going the same direction that he is. Because when he turns, you'll turn too. And you'll be carrying the correct burdens. There is a burden that we carry. We are not just here for our own plans. That was Romans, I've already shown you that one. Now look at this. And we're going to end on these last two scriptures. Love these scriptures. Jesus, or this is a prophecy. Uh, <laughs> and Jesus says it again. I'm going to read it to you in a minute. Behold, the days come, said the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that sows seed. What that means is the harvest will last so long that while they're still finishing harvesting on this end of the field, the season's already coming that you got to be hitting the other end and start plowing and planting seeds because it's just nothing but harvest. Jesus said something very similar, referencing that scripture, I believe, and he says, uh, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months till harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Doesn't that sound just like Amos? You see, you and I are yoked to Christ for the harvest because God's sons and daughters are getting to see a great light because Christ has come. And our job here is to share the good news of the gospel and to demonstrate the good works of the king and to perform the miracles of Jesus because Jesus is still performing miracles. But we will only do that if we are yoked to him.
And what's so amazing about this, this is not just some sort of a cute little formula that we try to do for behavior modification. Although it does modify your behavior, praise God. This is to be yoked to Christ, knowing that he himself did these things. And his words to us were this, I am the light of the world. And then he says, come to me, learn from me, I will teach you my ways. Before he ascended, he turned and through the scriptures says to us, you are the light of the world. And we know the scripture says this, as he is, so are we in this world. So this, this scripture is now about us being yoked to Christ, where we say, it is the will of him who sent me, you and I, yoked to Christ to finish his work. So we must learn those rhythms. We must live with the same purpose that Christ lived. We must practice the same rhythms that Christ practiced. We must do these things that we would bear the same fruit that Christ bore. And it is completely possible, and not only that, it's completely normal. Because Jesus promised that everyone who comes to him and does these things will bear much fruit. It's not impossible, and it's not easy, but it's not too hard. Father, I pray that you bless us. I pray, Lord, that we, even right now, Lord, you promised that your word doesn't return to you having not accomplished the things it was sent to do. These things, you said, these scriptures, these words, they're the seeds that you plant. They bring fruit. Lord, we call for this word to go deep in our hearts, to, see, to, to search us out, and to cause these words, your scriptures, Lord, let us ponder them and let them bear fruit in our lives that we would respond and be transformed. This we ask in Jesus' name. The prayer servant team is gonna come forward and I wanna encourage you. I've said it and I'm gonna keep saying it. You are in full-time ministry. You are yoked to Christ. You are doing challenging, beautiful, hard things. And And our heroes in the Bible did those same things. And you know what they said again and again and again? Pray for me that I would have strength and boldness to do the things that I need to do, to preach the things that I need to preach, to stay faithful and to not grow weary. Now, if Paul needed prayer, and John needed prayer, and Peter needed prayer, and if Jesus also needed prayer, remember, he went in and said, come pray with me so I can do my job. Do you think maybe you need prayer? Because you're in full-time ministry and you need prayer. And if you come up, and cry, then be like, praise God, Randy is getting his face rocked off and filled up with Jesus. That guy is on point, rocking the ministry. I'm not going to think, oh man, what kind of secret sin does Randy have? (laughs) Guys probably doesn't even read his Bible, that's why he needs prayer. No! I'm going to assume that you're like Jesus and Peter and Paul and every other person that bore fruit. So when the prayer servant team is here, if you're rocking it, Go get prayer so you can keep rocking it. And if the prayer servant team is here and your life is falling apart, go get prayer so that your life can get put back together.
And if you're just bored and you haven't had a great encouraging word for a while, go get prayer so that you can get a great word and not be bored anymore. Amen. Amen. Can we make an agreement about that? Are you in full-time ministry? Are you going to get some prayer? Amen. Prayer servant team, would you come? The Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift his countenance upon you, and give you peace.